Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me, but more importantly, I'm thrilled that you found Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope that you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. And friends, periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. So if you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Once again, that's pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Now, you know, God says many times that he doesn't want our gifts and sacrifices when we give them out of ritual or hypocrisy. God wants us first to love and obey him. So what did he say in 1 Samuel 22 through 24? He said, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? And, you know, we know obedience is far better than sacrifice. Listening to him is much better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. Can you believe that? Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. There it is again. And stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. Let me say that again. And stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he's rejected you from being king. That's what he told Saul through the prophet Samuel. So obedience is far better than sacrifice. Now, a sacrifice was a ritual transaction between man and God that physically demonstrated a relationship between them. But here's the caveat. If the person's heart was not truly repentant, or if he did not truly love God, the sacrifice was a hollow ritual. Religious ceremonies or rituals are empty unless they're performed with the attitude of love and obedience. Being religious, you know, going to church, serving on committees, giving to charities, it's not enough if we do not act out of a devotion and obedience to God. And, you know, we just read that rebellion and stubbornness are serious sins. They involve far more than being independent and strong-minded. Scripture equates them with witchcraft and idolatry, and those were sins worthy of death. So Saul became both rebellious and stubborn. So really, it's little wonder that God finally rejected him and took away his kingdom. Rebellion against God is perhaps the most serious sin of all, because as long as a person rebels, he or she closes the door to forgiveness and restoration with God. And we know that rebellion has a root stem of pride. And we read in Psalm chapter 40, verses 6 through 8, You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you've made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, Look, I have come, and this has been written about me in your scroll. 
I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your law is written on my heart. So it's all about our heart attitude. And the religious ritual of David's day involved sacrificing animals in the tabernacle. David said these acts were meaningless unless done for the right reasons. And today we often make rituals of going to church, as we said earlier, or taking communion, or paying our tithes. But these activities are also empty if our reasons for doing them are selfish. God doesn't want selfish sacrifices and offerings without an attitude of pure devotion to him. And the prophet Samuel told Saul, obedience is far better than sacrifice. Make sure you give God the obedience and lifelong service he desires from you. And you know, I take joy in doing your will, my God. Jesus portrayed this attitude of obeying and serving God. He came as the prophets foretold, proclaiming the good news of God's righteousness. Again, that means approval from God and forgiveness of sins. And in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 6 through 8, It says, no, you were not pleased with animals being burned on the altar or with offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I've come to do your will, O God, just as it is written about me in the scriptures. Jesus said you did not want animal sacrifices or grain offerings or animals burned on the altar or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them though they're required by the law of Moses. So the Old Testament theme is that God desires obedience and a right heart, not empty compliance to a sacrificial system. Jesus came to offer his body on the cross for us as a living sacrifice that was completely acceptable to God. God's new and living way for us to please him is not by keeping laws or even by abstaining from sin. It's by coming to him in faith to be forgiven and then following him in loving obedience. The costly sacrifice of an animal's life impressed upon the sinner the seriousness of his or her own sin before God. Because Jesus shed his own blood for us, his sacrifice is infinitely greater than any Old Testament offering. Considering the immeasurable gift he gave us, we should respond by giving him our devotion and our service. Psalm 51 is David's plea to God for mercy, for forgiveness, and cleansing of his heart. God wants our hearts to be right. Verses 16 through 19 of Psalm 51, David said this, You would not be pleased with sacrifices, or I would bring them. If I brought you a burnt offering, you would not accept it. The sacrifice you want is a broken spirit, a broken and repentant heart, O God, you will not despise. Look for favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with worthy sacrifices and with our whole burnt offerings and bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. God desires his people to have a broken spirit and a repentant heart. We can never please God by our outward actions, no matter how good, if our heart attitude is not right. When we're truly sorry for our sin and genuinely plan to stop, this is what pleases God. 
And in John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. And the food Jesus was speaking of was his spiritual nourishment and includes more than Bible study, more than prayer or attending church. Spiritual nourishment also comes from doing God's will and helping to bring his work of salvation to completion. We're nourished not only by what we take in, but also by what we give out for God. And Jesus was praying to the Father in heaven. In John chapter 17, verse 4, he said, I brought glory to you here on earth by doing everything you told me to do. He goes on in John chapter 5, verse 30, where he said this, But I do nothing without consulting the Father. I judge as I am told, and my judgment is absolutely just, because it's according to the will of God who sent me. It's not merely my own. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 3 said, The Lord is more pleased when we do what is just and right than when we give him sacrifices. So sacrifices are not bribes to make God overlook our character faults. If our personal and business dealings are not characterized by justice, no amount of generosity when the offering plates passed will make up for it. And in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11, here it says, I'm sick of your sacrifices, says the Lord. Don't bring me any burnt offerings. I don't want the fat from your rams or other animals. I don't want to see the blood from your offerings of bulls and rams and goats. God was unhappy with their sacrifices, but he was not revoking the system of sacrifices that he had initiated with Moses. Instead, God was calling for sincere animals being burned on the altar. He wanted faith and devotion. The leaders were carefully making the sacrifices and offerings at holy celebrations, but they were still unfaithful to God in their hearts. Sacrifices were to be an outward sign of their faith in God, but the outward signs became empty because no faith existed. Why then did they continue to offer sacrifices? It was because they placed more faith in their rituals than in worshiping God. God does not take pleasure in our outward expression if our inward faith is missing. And the Israelites held new moon celebrations and Sabbaths that refer to monthly offerings, weekly and special annual Sabbaths on the Day of Atonement, and festival of shelters. The people did not feel sorry for their sins, but continued to offer sacrifices for forgiveness. Gifts and sacrifices mean nothing to God, as we've discussed, when they come from someone with a corrupt heart. God wants us to love him, trust him, and turn away from our sin. After that, he will be pleased with our sacrifices of time, money, and service to further the kingdom of God. So what did the old system of sacrifice look like compared to the new one? Well, we learned in the old system of sacrifice, it was only set up to be a temporary system. The new system of sacrifice is permanent. Moses' brother Aaron was the first high priest in the old system, but in the new system, Jesus is the only high priest. The old system, Aaron came from the tribe of Levi. In the new system, Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. 
The old system ministered only upon earth, but in the new system, Jesus ministers in heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. The old system used the blood of animals. The new system uses the blood of Christ's shed shed blood. And the old system required many sacrifices, but the new system required only one sacrifice that paid all the sins, past, present, and future. The old system needed perfect animals without blemish. The new system needed a perfect life who was Jesus. The old system required careful approach to the tabernacle. The new system encourages us to approach the throne of God boldly and confidently because of who we are in Jesus. The old system looked forward to the new system. The new system sets aside the old system. So the purpose of the old sacrificial system was for forgiveness of sins. The book of Leviticus would teach the people how to live as forgiven people. So by applying the standards to their lives, they were growing in obedience and a life pleasing to God, which is exactly what he he had in mind. So back in the day, there were festivals for this sacrificial system. Festivals played a major role in Israel's culture. Israel's festivals were different from those of any other nation because being ordained by God, they were times of celebrating with him, not times of moral depravity. God wanted to set aside special days for the people to come together for rest, refreshment, and remembering with thanksgiving all he had done for them. It was a time earmarked for a renewed commitment to God. So God established 19 national holidays, which isn't that similar to what we have today. And then he also added one day weekly to honor the Sabbath. And this was, again, for celebrations, fellowship, and worship. And it was God who established seven key festivals for the people of Israel. The first one was the Festival of Unleavened Bread, which reminded Israel of their escape from Egypt. For seven days, they ate unleavened bread, just as they had eaten it back then. The symbolism of the bread made without yeast was important to the Israelites. First, because the bread was unique. It illustrated Israel's uniqueness as a nation. Second, because yeast was a symbol of sin, the bread represented Israel's moral purity. Third, the bread reminded them to obey quickly. Their ancestors left the yeast out of their dough so they could leave Egypt quickly without waiting for the dough to rise. This festival reminded the people they were leaving the old life behind and entering into a new way of living. The second festival was called the Festival of First Fruits, and it required that the first crops harvested, harvested be offered to God. The Israelites could not eat the food from their harvest until they had made this offering. Today, God still expects us to set aside his portion first, not last. And this question comes up within the area of tithing all the time. But we must remember and we must be mindful that all we have belongs to God. Giving him our leftovers is no way to express our thankfulness. And the first fruits festival lasted just for one day, but it did remind the people how God provides for them. 
The third festival was called the Passover, and it lasted one day. This was a reminder when God spared the lives of Israel's firstborn children in Egypt and freed the Hebrews from slavery. God showed his mercy and blessings through his deliverance. The fourth festival was the Festival of the Harvest, and it's also called Pentecost. This was also a one-day festival signifying the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. This celebration was important, allowing the people to show joy and thanksgiving over the bountiful harvest. And next, the fifth one, is the Feast of Trumpets. This was a one-day event. This happened in early autumn, and this was a day of complete rest. Offerings were to be made to God by fire. The people were called into a sacred assembly by the blowing of a trumpet. Most of the trumpets used were ram's horns, although some of the more special trumpets were made of beaten silver. Trumpets were blown to announce the beginning of each month as well as the start of festivals. Next was the feast I'm um, excuse me. The sixth, sixth one is the next would be the festival, the Day of Atonement, which was another one day festival. This celebration began nine days after the Festival of Trumpets. It's interesting that the Bible says on that day you must humble yourselves, gather for a sacred assembly, and present offerings to God by fire. Do no work during the entire day because it is the Day of Atonement. When atonement will be made for you before the Lord your God, and payment will be made for your sins. Now, this was the removal of sin from both the people and the nation, and this restored all of them to fellowship with God. And finally, the last festival, number seven, is the Festival of Shelters, also called the Festival of Ingathering. This was a special seven-day celebration involving the entire family. Like Passover, this festival taught family members of all ages about God's nature and what He had done for them, and it was a time of renewed commitment to God. Our families also need rituals of celebration to renew our faith and to pass it on to our children. So in addition to Easter and Christmas, we should select other special days to commemorate God's goodness. And the festival of shelters celebrated God's protection and guidance in the wilderness. This was important to Israel as it renewed their commitment to God and their trust in His guidance and protection. You know, the nation of Judah persisted in idolatry in spite of all the festivals. And we learn in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, what God told the prophet Jeremiah to tell the people. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Away with your burnt offerings and sacrifices. Eat them yourselves. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices I wanted from them. This is what I told them. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Only do as I say and all will be well. This scripture passage uses three explanation marks denoting God's passion for his people. 
God had set up a system of sacrifices to encourage the people to joyfully obey him. He required the people to make these sacrifices, not because the sacrifices themselves pleased him, but because they caused the people to recognize their sin and refocus on living for God. They faithfully made the sacrifices, but forgot the reasons they were offering them. Therefore, they disobeyed God. And Jeremiah reminded the people that unless they were prepared to obey God in all areas of life, acting out religious rituals was meaningless. The prophet Hosea wrote a book to illustrate God's love for his sinful people. Hosea's name means salvation, and in Old Testament times, names were very important. Hosea was more than qualified to call Israel to repentance. We learn in Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, where God says, I want you to be merciful. I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to know God. That's more important than burnt offerings. So do you see a theme emerging here? It's over and over and over. God says to us, don't give me sacrifices. Don't give me something that you don't have your heart within. If you don't have a heart for God, leave it on the table and walk away until you do. Some religious rituals from the Old Testament times included circumcision for male boys on day eight after their birth and also the sacrificial system we've been discussing. The New Testament included baptism and the Lord's Supper, but as the people learned then and we can profess today, religious rituals are only worthwhile when carried out in the spirit in which intended. And we find today, even with the Lord's Supper, there is a very systematic approach that we're to take with communion. Let me just run through that real quick for you. What's required of us? This is our ground rules. We must examine ourselves for any unconfessed sin or resentful attitudes towards others. This ensures us that we're not eating and drinking God's judgment upon ourselves. It's, It's historically in the entire book of the Bible. So when we do take the Lord's Supper or we take it at communion together as a collective, we are proclaiming and acknowledging that Jesus died for our sins. And he tells us, do this in remembrance of me. And this is asking us to think about what he did at the cross of Calvary and not only what he did, but why he did it. That why behind the what is so important. And this renews our commitment to serve him and it strengthens us spiritually. So I hope that you'll see that we must do everything in love for and obedience to God. If one's heart is far from God, the ritual becomes sheer mockery to God. And God didn't want the Israelites' rituals. He wanted their hearts. And I'm going to take a liberty here and say some, not all people of God, continue to be forgetful. Me included at times. I'm not perfect, but every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And my heart is 
my heart is towards God. Our short-term memories and sometimes thankless attitudes don't please God. When we fail or forget to see how fortunate we are, we begin to take God's gifts for granted. Don't let this be you. This causes us to be self-centered individuals. And it's important that we routinely remember God's goodness in our lives and say so by thanking Him. Remember after everything God created, He said, and that was good. When we remember God's past protection, we can live in His present provision. Over time, people have tried all different ways to please God, yet God has made His wishes clear. He wants His children to do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with Him. When dealing with others, we have to ask ourselves, am I being fair? Do you and me show mercy to those who have hurt us? Are we trying to put peace at the front of at all costs peace? Or are we allowing the spirit of strife to infiltrate our interactions with other people? Are we learning humility? Well, friends, I hope you'll come back and join me tomorrow as we wrap up this series on obedience. This has been really enlightening for me as well. So I hope that you're getting as much out of it as I have. And you know, I know that not everyone has a personal relationship with Jesus and that's okay, but you need one because friends, if you want to become a child of God, you want to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, not somewhere else, then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to Jesus right now. Just friends, simply say, Lord Jesus, I do repent and turn away from my sins in all sincerity. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. And that paid the price for past sin, present sin, and future sin. And this does not give me a license to go out and sin, but it does give me the grace that you have mercy, Lord. So friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you are saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. He wants a personal relationship with you, and you will never ever regret that you made this this declaration today. So get into a good Bible-based church and surround yourself with other believers who will also edify your faith. And let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And as you leave today, I want to pray a benediction over you. It comes from Moses's brother, priest Aaron, and it's out of the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And friends, the grace and peace of God, Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. And we usually do a special Kid Talk podcast on Wednesdays, so unless we're in the middle of a series. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. And we delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, what love in action looks like, the sacrificial Old Testament system versus what Jesus did, and many, many others. 
So I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please consider joining me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And friends, much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. The truth is more important than profit. And if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, share it with them as well and be blessed. And until next time, remember Revelation chapter 22, verse 21, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. God bless.